0: Hi there ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the weekly wrap. It is the week of the 16th of April 2018. As usual, let's have a look at the agenda. We'll delve into some of the geopolitics currently affecting the market, specifically in relation to the situation in Syria. We'll give you an overview here and how we see it playing out in an investment context. Then we'll provide an update on protectionism go through the latest developments and illustrate why we believe the risks are still contained. And finally, we just refresh some of our current positioning, reiterating what we said in our last strategy publication. So lots of noisy headlines out there currently, a lot of which are concentrated again on the Middle East, where Syria has moved right back to the center of global attention. What exactly is going on here? Well, Syria in recent years as the civil war has raged on and devastated the country, has become a battleground for powers seeking influence across the Middle East. We have the involvement of the Iranians, the Saudis, the French, but crucially also Russia and the United States. And it is the latter two's involvement here that has markets somewhat worried, because there is the possibility of a more serious escalation. And this has been brought to a head by the recent chemical attack by the Assad regime, but also the latest sanctions enacted against major Russian business figures by Washington. In other words, the relationship between Moscow and Washington is bad, probably the worst it's been in over a generation. And this has marked its jittery as it raises the possibility of a wider conflagration in the Middle East. Right. So is this likely to escalate and keep hurting the markets? No, in our view, ultimately, investors will manage to absorb this, as they did with the Crimean invasion a number of years ago, and the whole host of other flashpoints that have occurred in recent years. In the end, what will likely happen here is that Assad and his, of course, horrible regime will survive. The US can launch and will do more missiles, but it does not have the stomach for a full-fledged invasion, for a full-fledged involvement. So there'll be more headlines, but on the ground, not much will materially change. At the same time, let's also bear in mind that the Russian threat can often be overstated. We are talking about an economy around the size of Florida. Russia cannot afford to get dragged into a protracted proxy war here. The bottom line for us is that risk assets will get over this and can once again concentrate on what is really still quite an encouraging fundamental backdrop, especially for corporate earnings, which are really steaming ahead currently. Finally, any other investment conclusions we can draw from all of this mess in the Middle East? Yes, with a lot of this geopolitical headline risk flaring up there in the region, the risks to the oil price remain tilted to the upside. This could become even more pronounced when Mike Pompeo, the new Secretary of State in Washington, takes a harder line on Iran and pulls the US out of the nuclear deal signed under Obama. Another point to make is is that we should not be too enthusiastic about owning Russian assets. Russia, as is becoming painstakingly clear, is increasingly isolating itself from the international community and also the global economy. And when we see spikes in volatility, as we did last week, and equity drawdowns in relation to these situations, it serves as a reminder that having a stabiliser in our portfolios makes sense. And in our case, that stabiliser is safe government bonds. Yes, we have an underweight position here, but that does not mean that we shouldn't have anything in government bonds. Indeed, you should still have a fairly large allocation. Right, let's move on beyond the geopolitics. Let's have some words on what is happening on the protectionism front. We've heard some fairly good news last week as President Xi of China spoke of upholding the free trade order and also begin opening up the Chinese economy. As we have been highlighting, this is one of the key things Washington is looking for, greater market access to China. And it has been true that China has not exactly been playing fair in this regard. But these statements from President Xi are encouraging and serve to once again reiterate our view that a trade war is still unlikely. Let's briefly go through our arguments here again. Firstly, Trump will not want to damage the US economy, especially with midterms approaching after the summer. This means extreme measures are off the table as they could cause a bear market in stocks and thus infect the economy. China, too, is not in a position to push for major escalation here. Its economy remains export-dependent, and it stands to lose a lot if we see a trade war arise. Let's remember, it is in the process of rebalancing its economy. That's true, but if exports to the US and potentially the EU are threatened, it could prove a very sizable impact on growth. The Communist Party in Beijing cannot afford this, and thus is likely to come to the negotiation table, with Xi's speech a signal in this direction. Finally here, what is also encouraging is that these disputes are being taken through the proper channels. In other words, through the WTO, the World Trade Organization. This is important as it signals that the rules are not being abandoned, and that the global trading system is not disintegrating into unilateralism, as we saw back in the 1930s. Overall, then, we think the risks related to a trade war are still contained for the time being. So with that in mind, let's just briefly reiterate our current positioning. First off, we keep that moderate overweight stance in equities intact. The global economy is robust and earnings growth is strong and improving, as this Q1 earnings season is proving. Europe, meanwhile, has been downgraded. This is in the equity space. And this is principally due to a stronger euro. Bad for its multinationals. On the margin, some weakening macro data as well. And lacklustre relative earnings growth. Other regions look more promising. Indeed, emerging markets remains the destination of choice. That's where the economic outlook shines the brightest. And this also applies to fixed income. In terms of sectors... Our cyclical tilt is also still in place. That means we are underweight the defensives, staples, telecoms, utilities and healthcare, and overweight the usual cyclicals, meaning financials and technology. In other words, we still like this market and do not see it time to get out just yet. But that's it from me. Have a fantastic week ahead. Please go to nodeaprivatebanking.com slash podcast. disclaimer to read a legal disclaimer applicable to this podcast.